It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Ulster quarterfinal. This podcast is brought to you in association with Murty Rabbits, the home of the Connacht clan, the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club. And a lot of the clan will be meeting here on Saturday morning as they prepare to go on, I believe, so far, 10 buses that are heading up to Belfast. The buses are the CityLink buses, of course, who are official sponsors of Connacht Rugby. So um, just talking to Kieran there, he, he doesn't want the, fifth, the, the, the 550 people in his bar <laughs> beforehand, but he will have it open for teas and coffee. So when people are getting ready to, to head on up. So sounds like there's going to be a huge crowd at this game. I'm here in the garden yet again, because once again, the sun is shining with Lindley McKenzie and William Davis. There was a long press conference today, William. Yeah, I suppose the... Um it's inevitable that there's more interest in this game. It's it's a knockout game, so some of the uh, Dublin media uh, came down to say hello to us, and um, it uh, yeah, it was good. It was Andy Friend, Tiernan O'Halloran, and we'll also hear from Alton Delan. It's pinch time, isn't it? It's it's here now. It's the pinch point of the season. Knockout rugby Saturday evening. It's either continue or end. So. How do you feel? How, how does the how do you feel around the organisation at the minute? Uh, excitement. I reckon it's it's a great spot to be. It's where we want it to be. We're here. Um, said to the group, uh, the staff and the players on Monday, let's enjoy it because there's a lot of teams not doing what we're currently doing. So we're here because we've uh, we've worked hard. Um, we've got clarity around what we're doing. Uh, we've we've challenged each other. Um, we've recognised and rewarded the good stuff. It's a good feeling amongst the group, so we deserve to be here. Let's enjoy it and let's build up and have a have a have a massive performance on Saturday. Just looking at the injury situation, uh, Quinru isn't available. Have Colby Fanga and uh, Kyle Godwin got to the spot? Uh, Colby's good to go, which is which is great news for us. Um, Kyle, at this point in time, is he's, he's, he's touch and go, so uh, still a little bit of awareness there for him, and it's. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be nervous about throwing him out there, to be fair. But it must be competitive now. I mean, I'm thinking about people, Stephen Fitzgerald, Joe Maxim, who put their hands up a bit on a Saturday evening. And that, it, there was quite a cauldron down there. It was, it was a game that maybe didn't have a lot riding on it results-wise, but it was, it was a pretty feisty inter-pro game. It, uh, and Connick didn't take a backward step. No, they didn't. Or we didn't. We, you know, there was a lot riding on it. We, we talked about it's all about momentum and it's about opportunity. It's about... Um, you know, pride in the jersey, and, and we saw all of that. Uh, it wasn't the, the result that we wanted, um, but again, you know, in the sheds afterwards, we talked about that. But we talked about the, you know, the pride that that uh, we had as a group of coaches and management in the, in the performance the boys delivered. Um, and there's, yeah, there's the players did put their hand up, and players will be rewarded for that. Um, I think that's what we've done all year. We've recognised and rewarded the good performances and tried to select those because of that there's a couple of other positions as well scrum half is going to be a big decision it's a great decision to have but you're going to have to disappoint somebody which I suppose is part of coaching and in the back row you've got a lot of people fighting so it's that must be a good position for a coach to be in and a coaching staff it's a great position you know it's um, it's exactly what you want you want to be able to make those tough calls Um, you will get disappointed players and you know they're going to, there's going to be disappointment. I think the challenge for the for the player is to is to try and listen to the message and the reasoning. Um, they may not agree with it, but they've got to try and listen to it and then park that and deliver a performance which will help push the team. If they're not selected, if they are selected again, there's a reason why they're selected and 
again to listen to that and to make sure they continue to deliver what they've uh, what's got them selected. What's more important on Saturday, the physical battle or the mental battle to to, to, to you know to get a game like this? Because knockout, you don't play a lot of knockout rugby. It's 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 a lot of league based rugby in Europe and in the uh, Pro 14. And suddenly now you're confronted with you know the basic fact: it's winner, winner, bust. Oh, nothing nothing starts without the mental. So the mental is the most important thing. You've got to go up there and be ready. Um, all your senses have got to be alert, you've got to be awake, you've got to be zoned into what it is you've got to do. And then if you, if you are in that state, then you can deliver the physical and you can deliver the, the accuracy around your, your actions and what you're trying to do. So um, mentally, if you're, if you're not prepared and you, and you don't turn up for this one, um, you won't get a second chance. If you are, you put yourself in a good spot and then it comes down to who's, who's best mentally prepared and then who's the most dominant physically and, and skill-wise and, and who's got the better game structure. And there's bounces of balls and refereeing decisions that come into footy. That's why it's such a, a fascinating game to watch. So there's a, you know, when you look at Ulster and you look at Connacht, two teams um, with reasonably similar, similar stats in, in the game, um, tackles made, metres made, uh, penalties given, tries scored, we're very, very similar. So it, it, it's um, it's going to be a real arm wrestle and a real tight one, but the team that turns up with more men mentally ready for it and uh, ready to front up for it will be the team that wins. You've alluded to the fact that you feel Connacht haven't played their best rugby. Is that a good thing, or would you have preferred Connacht to have had a really top performance somewhere along the line so they can repeat that can they get to that level can you see the step up in a game like this of of getting to that extra three percent or five percent or whatever whatever it is yeah don't get me wrong with that we've played some really good rugby um and we've you know we've we've shown against a treviso when we needed to win and we needed to front up and 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 compete we did um against an ospreys when we needed to to deliver a performance we did um, you know, Cardiff, we needed to deliver points, we did. So we've, we've actually played some really good rugby. However, uh, I know on reflection when we've gone through all of those quality games that we've played, um, there's been moments where we said, we could have been better there. And we, if we'd just done this here, it would have, we would have shut down that opportunity for them or we would have created that additional opportunity for us. So it's not that we haven't played good rugby, we have. Um, but we need to we need to bottle those little moments and and have more moments like that and hopefully have eighty minutes of moments like that. And that possibly was what slightly went wrong at the end of the of the monster match. And that's going to be absolutely key now to Saturday. Is it's just you know you get within six points with eight minutes to go. It's just making the right decisions when the pressures the pressures really on. Yeah, we talked about that as a group the other day. We had the. You know, we're down to six points difference between the two teams. Um, we create a knock-on against them. Uh, that knock-on, we have one little sniff, and then there's a loose pass, and then we, we still have the advantage, but it's probably at that moment when we should be then saying, our referee will take the advantage, thanks, because our scrum's going really well. But we don't. We try and play out of that, and then we lose the penalty, or the knock-on advantage, and then we turn the ball over, and they scored. And that little moment there, that's, yeah, that happens on the weekend. We're out of the competition. So we make sure we we learn from that, and we have the have the mindset to stay in the moment in the in, in the game and to make make the right call. 
Tiernan, knockout rugby back on uh, the agenda for Connacht on Saturday in Ulster. Happy memories of there last October. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, we're all aware of, of how big of a game it is for us. Um, you know, it's been it's been quite a long season, but I, th- I think this is exactly where we want to be. Um, you know, we set our goals out at the start of the season, and we worked towards that. We had our, our ups and downs throughout the season, but at the end of the day, we, we got to where we want to be, and we've, we've got our quarter final now. Um, up to Belfast in a spot where yeah we got our, our first win in 50 odd years up there so um, you know obviously that's you know positive to think of it that way but at the same time we're under no illusions how tough it's going to be in the quarter final up there as well and probably in front of a packed out house It's a bit unusual uh, interprovincial that's uh, a knockout game they, they usually have a lot weighing on them but this just adds to the pressure all round yeah, absolutely, um, and I suppose especially as well as it's an interpro game, you know, there's always that that bite to an interpro game, and, and to have it now a knockout rugby as well, it's it adds that little extra bit to it as well. So we're looking forward to um, an nutritional game on Saturday. Um, I think everyone's really looking forward to it, and and like you said, it's knockout rugby. So I think everybody on, on both sides are going to be up in their game and, and looking to bring their A game. Can you take anything particularly out of Saturday night in Limerick? It was a stop-start performance, but there was good bits and some weak bits. Yeah, there definitely was, you know, and I think, you know, it was important as we got that rotation squad as well. There was a lot of guys, um, you know, that, that got good game time, they needed it, and at the same time, those guys that needed a bit of a rest as well. So um, to go down there against a pretty stacked Munster team and perform as well as we did, I think, um, you know, it's we've got... I'm pretty happy with how it went. I suppose at the same time, there's a bit of disappointment. We got ourselves to within six points with seven or eight minutes to go, and um, we probably didn't execute as well as we could have to get ourselves in a position to win the game. But at the same time, there's definitely pauses we could take from the game. Um, I think I think our physicality was very good at times, and our defense defensive sets were good as well. You know, we we got some good double shots against some of their big ball carriers as well. So um, we've got some positives from that game, but also some work ons as well. So um, I think it's it's put us in good stead for for this weekend, and hopefully um, we can we can. Get get those, those wrongs right and um, put, it, put it to the work this weekend. Uh, only one side's beaten Ulster in Kingspan Stadium this uh, season, which is uh, Connacht. So that's something positive to take in. But what are you expecting from, from Ulster? What do you think they'll bring? Yeah, we've obviously beaten them up there this year, but it was our first time in, in 50 odd years, so I don't think we can take go up there too, with too much confidence. Um, yeah, look, it's running all illusions of the, all the times we've been up there. It's it's a very hostile place to go. You know, the the crowd put a lot of pressure on the on the team and on the referee as well. So I think discipline is going to be huge for us. Um, Ulster, a very physical team. They've they've got some individuals who, you know, like to to go with a low tackle focus, and they've got some big guys like Stuart McCluskey and those that like to go for a choke tackle. So we know we've got different threats around the pitch and different areas we have to target as well. So um, you know we're well aware of that, and we've we've got our plan in, in place to um, to do that. But I suppose you know our main focus this week is on ourselves and what we can bring, and I think that's that's the beauty of it. That's what we've done all season is we focus on ourselves and our game and and our structures, and um, we haven't focused too much on the opposition and what they bring. So. Um, you know, we're going to stick to that this weekend again. We're not going to get distracted by, by other things. We'll know what we need to do and what we need to target. But at the same time, you know, we'll hopefully put our plan in place and, and play our game. And there'll be players here putting their hands up for selection training and could be quite intense this week. Absolutely, yeah. already you can you can feel in the air. There's there's a small bit of a bite to it. Um, you know, obviously with selection and things like that, there's going to be disappointed people because there's only 23 that can go on the pitch. But at the same time, it's it's that other 20 or, or 25 guys that'll be putting the pressure on, on on the training paddock and and pushing our standards. So that's just as important. It's it's as much a squad effort as it is the the guys that go on the pitch. So. Um, that's the beauty of it and again like I said we've, we've really good competition all over the pitch at the moment we've been lucky thanks to our medical staff and, and S&C staff that we're very close to a full bit of health as well to, to select from so we're in a pretty good place and everyone's driving each other on so um, you know everyone's in, in good form at the moment and, and we're hoping we can we can put that um, put each other in good competition so we can bring the best out of each other 
Alton, it's uh, knockout rugby now. It's serious time. It's season keeps moving or the season ends on Saturday. So how do you how do you feel? And I take it everybody's ready to go here. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot of excitement building now for this weekend. It's uh, it's 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 where we wanted to be since the start of the season. You know, making it to the knockout stages. Um, so yeah, no, we're we're obviously we've a lot to we've a lot to get, keep building for, and we've a we've, we've a lot to play for by going up there and trying to beat them for a second time this year. Yeah, of course, win in October, fifty-eight years. So it'll be good to do it again. The is there a particular pressure with knockout rugby? Do you have to be in your own head? Do you have to make sure that you don't leave anything behind? And you do you play a conservative game? Or do you have to say no? We have to go for this because it's a one-off chance. Uh, I mean, you got to be smart tactically. It's it, but you have to be ambitious as well. It's it's going to be. We're we're hopefully not going to be conservative conservative going up there. It's uh, we're we're going to have to meet them physically from the start. They're going they're going to have their 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 big fours trying to trying to put a trying to have some dominance on us, especially fighting at home and 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 knowing that they've uh, they they owe us a big one, I suppose, from uh, from from how the season's gone so far and. Uh, it's 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 going to be a big challenge, but uh, hopefully a good battle between two 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 sides well up for it. Can a player get excited about a game like this? I mean, fans do, uh, but they're not involved in the nitty gritty. Do you just have to stay focused on it, or, or can you take in the excitement that's around the game? Does that actually help drive you forward a little bit? The occasion gets 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 exciting, obviously, but uh, you, you 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 try not to play the game too early, so uh, it's. You know, it's obviously it's it's where we want to be. So it's gonna it's you can't help but be excited like like the fans, I suppose. But uh, but there's a, there's a few days yet before the game and and uh, a lot to to train for and try iron out. The lads played Munster on Saturday night. They're a very physical side. We know what they bring in Thomander. Are Ulster very similar to that? Um, yeah, Ulster will be physical. I mean, they've, they've, they'll have their big players there. They're internationals, and uh, I mean, Kutsia has been outstanding for them this season and we know what we know what he's going to be bringing so so that's not going to be so it's going to be a bit of a challenge as well but uh but we're, we're looking forward to that we you'd expect no less going up to raven hill uh, it's pretty much a fortress for them all season and i mean we didn't i didn't even realize that we were the only team to 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 win there this season in all competitions so so that's a huge achievement for them and i, I suppose for us too but to, to try win the second time is going to be huge so um yeah hopefully hopefully it works out for us but uh we know the challenge that's at stake and what's what's needed. We would like to thank the Connacht Rugby Supporters Club, the Connacht Clan, for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out connachtclan.com. Membership is only €10 Euro and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com and follow Connacht Clan on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook for all your supporting needs. And to get the Ulster perspective on the quarter-final, here is former Connacht player John Cooney talking to Nigel Ringland of the BBC. And thanks to the BBC for sharing this audio with the Craggy Rugby Podcast. And there haven't been too many playoff games uh, held here at the, at the Kingspan in recent years. So there'll be a big crowd, big atmosphere, and it's something that I guess the squad will be used to their advantage, especially against the Comet side that this year beaten Ulster twice. Exactly, I think it's been five years. So uh, at the moment, we seem to be a team that are, are, are performing better under pressure. So we're, we really thrive under these big games at the moment. So 
yeah, we are pretty annoyed about uh, Connacht. They've actually beat us away as well last year. So three of the last four games they've won, and they've all been pretty tight. So yeah, it was a pretty heartbreaking game at home this year. Um, it was the first time they'd won, I think, in 50, 60 years, or maybe forever. So uh, yeah, that was pretty annoying. And I know, know they're pretty confident about winning both those games. So for us, uh, it, it, it'll be a different Connacht side, a confident Connacht side. So. It will be us with the chip on our shoulder, so so hopefully at home uh, we'll be able to get the fans behind us for this one. Yeah, you've obviously seen this, seen this provincial rivalry from both sides. You, you talked there about the chip on the shoulder. I think that's the way a lot of us, when we've watched Connacht play in the past, that the, you know that that they embraced the role of underdog and the, you know and played with that sort of chip on their shoulders. If we've got something to prove, is is that a fair assessment? Was, was that when you were playing for Connacht? Was that the, was was that the the the, t- the chap with the team before going out onto the pitch? Uh, yeah, I just I just find in Connacht there was. It was one of those where people always kind of underestimated you and playing with, with that squad of players that always worked really hard for each other and never gave up, John Muldoon's, people like that. Uh, it, was, it was a good mentality I liked and it was, it was something I've always thrived under. So, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a bit different this week and I, I know they're always going to have that mentality because they've one of those fight for every inch type mentality. So it'll be two, two pretty similar squads that like to work hard for each other up against each other now. Listen, the, after the European uh, quarter-final, a lot of pats on the backs, lots of well-done, what a performance by, by Ulster, but I'm assuming sitting in that dressing room after that game, that's a feeling nobody in that dressing room wants to go through again, and you are potentially three wins away from that elusive trophy, that piece of silverware, and it all starts this week. How, how can you use, if you like, that feeling that you had in, that, mm-hmm. in the dressing room to, as, as a motivational you know, tool for this week and, and hopefully those weeks to come? Yeah, I think we, we learned a lot from that, how important small small plays in that game is and myself included I came off thinking I had lost us the game because I missed a kick I, I never missed such an easy kick in my life and I think I was a bit too laid back and missed it so for me I came off the field thinking I had lost us the game so it's something I definitely now I'm going to take take more time over those kicks and ensure that I'm, I'm doing everything I can in each moment so I think you're going to have to go through those in your career and you're going to learn from them and it, it's it's how you react to them so uh, I think we've, we've learned a lot and now we're back into playoff rugby, so I think we've got to just take those learnings from, from that game and, and moving forward, hopefully now in the quarters, if we go to semis and finals, we learn from it. Sort of watching on from, uh, from afar, how impressed have you been with Jack Carty's season for, for Collins? He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's actually one of my best friends, so we've been very close. So I, I talk to him a lot and we, we kind of exchange a lot of ideas and both quite into psychology and sports psychology. So I know he's been working incredibly hard on that over the last few seasons and He's just consistently been improving each year, and I, I know he's a he's a confident player, and his kicking's improved massively, and he, he's he's I think he's up around 80% at the moment, and he's he's a brilliant player, and it's just that when he when he backs himself and takes it to the line, he, he's a brilliant player and makes people around him look really good. It's an it's a, it's an age-old question, you know, and in, in what I guess most people will think will be a very tight provincial derby again this weekend. What what will make the difference? What do what do Ulster need to do to ensure? But the way Connacht have played you, the way they've beaten you twice this season, that that doesn't happen again. And um, I think we highlighted at the start of this week uh, how we start is usually important, and we we say in most weeks, and it is important because in the two games this year they've been 14 and up in the first 20 minutes. So if you took that out, and you you can't do that in games, but we'd be in it right to the end. So you have to start well, and you you can't in the quarterfinal be down by whatever 14, 15 points come come 20 minutes. So. For us, it was, it was important to get that. If you're going to get in a game, you have to get it at the start of the week. So for us today in training, we made sure we started well and to bring that into Thursday, that, that we're really all sure of what we're doing throughout the game. So I think that's important for us. Lindley, 
this is going to be Ulster's first home quarterfinal in five years. That was the infamous game where Jared Payne got a red card very early on in the game, and they haven't had anything like that since. There's going to be a lot of pressure on them, isn't there? Yeah, isn't it great that the pressure is on um, Ulster and not Connacht? I mean, Connacht are going up there, you know, having beaten them twice already this year, and there is a certain amount of pressure, obviously, to to make it a third time. Um, But at the end of the day, it's... They're in Ulster's backyard. Ulster need to win. Ulster haven't performed. It's Connacht who have a Pro 12 trophy, you know, in their cabinet have had one since, you know, in the last five years or so. Not Ulster. Not Ulster. So really, the pressure is on Ulster to to perform, to advance to the to the semi-finals, and you know, I think that's going to be reflected in the type of match we're going to see. And I'm sure, you know, Dan McFarland, having been a, a former Connacht player and a former Connacht assistant coach, will certainly have his players primed for this match because they will not want to lose again to Connacht. Yeah, and, and the general, what I've seen on punditry so far, and there hasn't been a huge amount, but the, the bits I've heard and seen so far, William, have sort of barely even acknowledged that Connacht are in the game, that, that effectively the semi-final is going to be Ulster away to Glasgow. Well, that's perfect. Uh, I don't think Dan McFarland will see it that way or Ulster, um, no matter what the media or their, or their fans might want. They have only lost once at home this season, uh, in the whole season, Europe and Flow 14, and that was to Connacht. So that's probably sticking in their throat a bit. Uh, I think all the pressure is on them. I really do. I think they they are so desperate to get back to another semi-final to start with a final and actually win something. Mm. The pressure for Connacht is interesting. The pressure for Connacht is to make sure that they perform properly in this game, and, and and by that I mean that they actually hit the targets that they set for themselves, and they go out and play properly, and they get their consistency and they get their accuracy. Um, it's going to be a humdinger of a game. I think it's a very exciting game. The, the other semi-final, quarter-final between Munster and Benetton doesn't really have the same ring to it. I think Munster at full strength against Benetton have done brilliantly to get there. But I think they, they're going to struggle in Limerick. But I think it's a much more even contest in Belfast. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I was, I was talking to someone there who's, you know, I said to him, what, what, you know, what do you think of Connacht so far this season? He said the one thing that's highlighted for him was the fact that Connacht are playing for each other. So that they're going 80 minutes in every game. Not something we saw the previous season. Yeah, I think actually Alton Delan was 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 um, chatting today, and and I heard him mention the fact that someone asked him, you know, what was so different this season, and he basically said that the the there was a team. It was a definitely much more of of a team um, performance these days from coming from Connacht. Of course, the other aspect of this whole thing is injuries, because Connacht don't have too many. Um, William will update this with that in, in a moment but Ulster are going to be missing Well Addison they're going to be missing Marty Moore who's going to be a huge loss and there's guys like Rory Best and Jacob Stockdale who, uh, who haven't been playing for the last couple of weeks No that's be a big challenge and they, they probably won't confirm that till later in the week uh, Quinn Roo is a huge loss for Connacht uh, he's, he's just not right apparently with this viral infection so he's not considered Kyle Godwin isn't really ready either so I think he's not available everybody else is available uh, so they've got a big squad to pick from they've got some tough decisions to make scrum half back row uh, back three maybe there's people really stood up there on, on, on Saturday I think Stephen Fitzgerald had a really good game Joe Maximew so that's a good position to be in uh, but of course it really is down to if you, you when you pick these guys they got to perform and I think that's 
what Andy Friend and the, the coaching staff need to will be looking to get through to them that this there's no back doors here there's nothing this is simply win or bust it's, it's that simple it certainly is and of course Joe Maximi was looking for the second row spot not somewhere in the back three and apart from injuries the other, the other aspect of the game which is sort of neither player neither teams can control is, is the referee and in the last game that was played up there when Connacht won there was 31 penalties given that day there was a red card there was a yellow card Connacht are top of the fair play league Ulster are 11th in the fair play league it could be huge isn't it yeah, actually, I asked Andy Friend the, the question today, was he happy he had to have an All-Ireland um, refereeing set? And he said he was very happy. He was um, very comfortable with, with Andrew Brace. He was very comfortable with his decision-making in the, the previous game, believed he made the right decisions. Um, that's obviously being politically correct, of course, but I, but I, you know, I do genuinely think he, 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 he was happy, you know, with with um, the refereeing the last day out. So, um, yeah, it, it will be it will be a lot different, though, for, the, for this particular match. There's a lot more riding on it. And I would expect that you might have um, a lot more maybe TMO decisions and touch judges, you know, possibly if things aren't as clear-cut. And I assume it's going to be because Connacht are bringing up so many fans. And, like, that, that bus is only the Connacht bus. I know there's, there's their talk of buses going from Athlone and from Castlebar as well, and probably Sligo. So we could have a huge number of Connacht fans, which means we could have an atmosphere that we've never really been part of up there, William. Well, there'll be 16,000 Ulster fans there, so they'll have to work very hard to be heard. I think the refereeing decision is wrong. I don't think it should be an Irish referee for this game. That's no offence to this chap or his team of officials. Uh, Munster have Nigel Owens and a Welsh team of officials against Benetton so it should have been a Scottish team of officials in my opinion uh, that's just the way it is all referees are neutral that you, you have to play to what you get but I just think it's, it was a very easy decision to say well that's, it's an interpro so we're going to have Irish officials not so sure this is a knockout game it's a different context and there were other referees available so why wasn't it a Scottish or a Scottish-Italian panel? That's just my view. Uh, a lot of people probably disagree with that, but that's the way it is. Uh, it's going to be a big job for them. They're going to have to be very aware. Um, particularly Ulster do talk to referees a lot. It's something that Connacht don't indulge in. Um, maybe it's something they have to get a little better at, I'm afraid, because it's part of the game now. But we'll see. We hope it doesn't come down to a referee's decision either way. Yeah for either side because you don't you don't want that um, but they'll move look that's, that's irrelevant once he blows you know you blow the whistle let's go and in connection with the the connect the the, um, the pro game at the weekend and the amateur side of the world um, amateur men's they're called juniors as we talked about last week but Connacht juniors took on Ulster juniors last weekend and um, the Ulster team came away as winners with 36 points to 20 so apparently the conditions weren't particularly brilliant and, and Ulster made better use of them than their Connacht brethren did in parallel with that the Pro 14 had its final weekend of results last week and here's William to run down what happened Round 21 of the Guinness Pro 14. All matches played last Saturday. Dragons 34, Scarlets 32. Cheetahs 61, Southern Kings 25. Zebra 11, Benetton 25. Cardiff Blues 23, Ospreys 26. Ulster 14, Leinster 13. Glasgow Warriors 34, Edinburgh 10. And Munster 27, Connacht 14. 
Glasgow are the winners of Conference A, 81 points. Munster are in second, 77 points. Connacht are in third place, 61 points. The Ospreys are in fourth on 58 points. Cardiff Blues on 54 points. The Cheetahs on 46 points. And Zebra on 19 points. In Conference B, Leinster, as they have for so long, are on top on 76 Ulster are second on 63. Benetton are in third place on 57. The Scarlets are in fourth on 52. Edinburgh on 51. The Dragons on 26. And the Southern Kings with 22 points. Next Saturday, two playoff quarterfinal matches. Kickoff times here are Irish. At 3 pm, Munster will play Benetton in Thoman Park in Limerick. And at 5 35 pm, Ulster will take on Connacht at the Kingspan Stadium in Belfast. And away from the field this weekend, there's a bit of some sad news when um, Galwegian legend and former Connacht president Bruce Blake um, passed away. Lindy, you've got some information on on, um, a man who was a huge part of rugby in Connacht. Yeah, he wasn't just um, a lifelong member of Galwegians, obviously, but he was also, you know, quite a legend in in, um, UCG, as it was then, and fought for UCG. Um, I always remember a time when he, uh, when, during the, when the All-Island League was set up, actually, and Bruce was there trying to stop, I think, a particular player getting on a bus um, for for Galwegians, because he wholeheartedly believed that if you were in UCG at the time, that you should be playing with UCG. But, you know, he was Bruce Blake was, I suppose, a gentleman of an old, of an um, a, a sort of, in many ways, a bygone era. He was, he was very much a gentleman. He's synonymous with Galwegians because, obviously, um, his father was also involved, and I think that's the reason. Obviously, that's the reason why the Blake Sevens was formed for many years and was a very successful um, tournament in Galwegians at Easter time for years and years. But he was also the president of the Law Society of Ireland, and in fact, when he was elected president. He was actually the youngest president that uh, Ireland had ever had as as a president there. So um, he'd be very sadly missed from those who particularly in Galwegians, obviously. Um, and also, you've got to remember his, his family, like Carl Blake, his son, is, is still involved very much with Galwegians. And in fact, if it wasn't for Carl Blake, probably there would be no media coverage of events in you know f- for the club. So it is a very sad time. I know his wife um, passed away um, in 2011, and now Bruce has, has, has passed. So um, the, the mantle, of course, taking into Galwegians will rest with Carl. It will indeed. May he rest in peace. Okay, before we conclude the podcast, William, you mentioned earlier on it's more or less a full squad to pick from, so who are you picking? (laughs) Well, this doesn't matter a damn because I'm not actually picking the team. Um, I think I would start Kieran Marmion at nine. Um, And I think... I have a feeling Stephen Fitzgerald might start. I thought he was really impressive. He brought a certain grim determination to what he was doing on Saturday. He really seized the opportunity there. Owen McKeown had a huge game. Uh, Joe Maximu off the bench. I don't see him starting but I see him as a bench player. Uh, Andy Friend was corrected. There's going to be a lot of very, very disappointed players. I mean, he's probably picking from, I suppose in numbers somewhere in the mid-40s at the minute. And a lot of them would understand that they're they're not starters and they're not going to make the squad. But there's going to be real competition there, and that's what you want. 
and it's a case then of being physically and mentally ready for the challenge and making the right decisions. Uh, Jack Carty will be key to this. Um, after that, look, the team probably just about picks itself. Um, well, what, what, what about Hooker? Linley, there's a big choice to be made there because three guys have been sharing the duties for quite a while. I would um, imagine that it would be Dave Heffernan um, with Shane Delahunt possibly on the bench. Um, I don't see any any change from what has been established as the, the one and two in the province. Interestingly enough, to use an American phraseology that, that William would appreciate, the winningest hooker who starts this year is Delahunt. I think he's won seven or eight of the games that he started. That's a key, key position because the line-out didn't work very well. No, Peter O'Mahony is the best line-out stealer probably in the world. I don't know what he does. He must put magic powers on. He just stares at the person throwing in, but I mean, he stole two line-outs that he probably didn't have a right to steal, but... It's a slightly different setup. Ulster's lineup can be a bit wobbly, so that's one area where you can go at it, but you got to get that right. It's key on Saturday. That It's about establishing your bridge heads in this game. Whatever you do first, make sure your scrum works, your lineup works. Um, the kickoff is still sometimes a problem. I, I don't know whether, I, I don't think Paul Boyle will start, but he might start because he, he started that game against Cardiff and he, he diffused the line or the kickoff problems. So there's all sorts of little things in there that you have to. It's all, they're they're all the small incremental bits that you have to get right. Um, and then they have a choice to make: do they do they play a conservative game because you don't want to make a mistake in a tight game where there's no comeback. You know, if you lose a league match because you've made a mistake, you have to think: well, okay, we'll win next week, or we got a bonus point tonight, or whatever. That's that's not the game. But then if you go too conservative, I think the key is just staying tight in this game. I think I think it'll be very tight. I don't think I don't think anybody's gonna throw the ball around really. Oh, I don't know. I, I, Andy Friend wants his players to play the type of rugby that he's they're comfortable with and they want he wants them to play. I think he was asked a question by Murray Kinsel about it on the T V interview after the game when he, he talked about, you know, are you gonna tighten up? And he said, No, we're gonna play our game. This is this is how we play. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think a lot's going to de- de- be determined, obviously, by the weather conditions. But I know, but I definitely, I, look, I think there'll be a balance. But I, I think Andy Friend will be telling his players to go out and enjoy themselves and and to play the game but that they even played in the second half against Cardiff when they were against the wind and they kept the ball in hand. Um, look, You've got a an Ulster, you know, back three and a, a back line that is 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 very probing and and is a, is very strong. You're going to ha- your defences for a start have to be, you know, have to have to be on top. But I think when it comes to attack, I think, I think get yourself in the right position to attack, and then, you know, maybe we'll see the ball expansively spread. The other key thing is at some stage you might have to take a risk. You just have to say right. They did that against Cardiff mm. because they came out in the second half and having been been bluntly told you can't defend for 40 minutes, it's not going to work. You've got to go and do something now because you did basically because you didn't do it in the first half when when you had the wind. So now go out and do it against the wind, and they did it. Yeah, and, and if you look at, you know, I, I got chatting to, you know, I was lucky enough to get on the pitch in, in Edinburgh after the game and was, was, you know, getting a couple of interviews with people and I got to talk to Nigel and his first words to me were, we did it playing rugby, Alan, we didn't do it 
being conservative and doing what everyone says you have to tighten up and just play territory we did it playing rugby and I think that's what they're going to try and do this weekend I think it might have been easier to do that because they really weren't given any chance in that final I think when you've achieved stuff like uh, winning a, a, a trophy it's funny how your mindset changes a little bit it, it's 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 clarity of thought mm-hmm. it's just clear thinking that everybody's on the page or whoever makes the decision is making the right decision and he has enough backup happened on Saturday Kieran Marmion took a quick tap penalty nobody went with him um, he went through on a break at one stage and nobody got there to clear out because they just weren't You've, you know, it's it's instantaneous decisions, yep. but they'll be right on Saturday for that because there's a there's a huge prize at the end of this. So I've I've no doubts they'll be ready to go. And the other big things, are we, Lindley? I know you want to break in, but the one it's in my head, Finley Beelham came back. I think he's massive. It brings our front five up to full strength. And if we can get our front five, who've been playing really well all season, on top, which they did in the two games against us, we really have a good chance. Well, you know. Um, He's great. Finley Billum is also great around the pitch, and and that, that's that's you know quite an asset as well. Look, I think when you talk about throwing the ball around, throwing the ball around is all very good, enjoying yourself is all very good. But I think at the end of the day, it has to be done with you know a clinical finishing and an execution. And I think that's that that is that is the key to it. So you know they won't just be throwing the ball around for the sake of it. They'll be they'll be throwing the ball around, you know, with with the idea of of penetrating that Ulster defence. Playing to spaces, not at faces, would be the way I look at it. And of course, to get your team news on Friday at lunchtime, sportsnewsireland.com is the place to go. So, William, you're you're expecting a, an away win, I take it? I think they've got a very good chance. Uh, they'll have to play as well as they've played this season. Uh, Andy Friend, when I was talking to him there, spoke about the fact that they, they still haven't put in, in his words, 100% performance. But maybe all coaches think that. It's always in the back of a coach's mind that they always start with the, the negatives. That's just the way, co- that's the coaching business. But they are going to have to play really, really well. Um, and they've got to start fast. Uh, they've, they've, they've struggled in games up there previously. I know they won in October, but in previous games, Connacht used to, you've got to start immediately. There's, the minute that whistle goes, there's no chance of, ch- you don't want to be chasing this game. Yeah, but Daniel, Daniel, Daniel did some work and it's on patreon.com slash craggy rugby if you want to see the stats. Up to 2014, um, the previous five years, Connacht had lost by an average of 26 points up there. Since then, they've lost by an average of eight and then won the last game. So that there's definitely been a, a change in their attitude while they go to Belfast that they feel they can get results now that they never could before. Um, so Lindley, your thoughts? Connacht going to win? I think they have a great opportunity to win. I think they're going to find it a hell of a lot more difficult than they found it, you know, um, back in December or whenever it was. Um, I think Ulster will probably see this as they need it. I think in their view, they probably need it more than Connacht. They're very cross. They're very angry. They haven't won anything for so long. And they're very, um, shall we say, I, I think they don't take it lightly that they can be beaten by a team that they believe is the fourth province. Exactly, exactly. Okay, live coverage on Galway Bay. It's it's been shown on Airsport, I think. So it's not on free to air TV. Um, I think it's the, the delayed coverage on TG Car later on. So if you want to get your full coverage of the game, uh, start at five thirty-five in the Kingspan Stadium. Galway Bay FM will be on the air from five twenty. Um, William, you're commentating, and I'm helping out. 
Yeah, yeah, Rob's, uh, Rob's on his travels. He's off to New York City to watch some uh, GAA. Mayo are obviously uh, in action over there at uh, Gaelic Park on Sunday evening. And, uh, but he'll be tuning in on Saturday. Uh, he's looking for television coverage. I'm sure there is TV coverage in America somewhere. But of course, it'll be on Galway Bay as well. Okay, and just to finish off, we're going to hear from um, an article that was written by Chris Henry and Lindley's going to walk through about how Ulster felt when Connacht won the league a couple of years sorry when Connacht won the championship a couple of years back yeah Chris Henry um, said he's unlike most of the other people in Ireland who were delighted that Connacht had beaten Leinster in that 2016 final but for him he said it felt horrendous to watch a side make such light work of lifting a trophy. He's quite critical of the fact that Connacht, a team of mediocre players, could essentially win a trophy when Ulster have won nothing. And while he said he felt respect for guys like John Muldoon, he said seeing them lift a trophy made all our near misses seem to taste all the more bitter. I think the most, I suppose, that the point he makes that he obviously comes across as very angrily angry is that he says, from an organisational standpoint, I'm sure those who, who would favour the greater consistency we showed, all those big games with fans keep piling through the turnstiles and their tens of thousands. But as a player, it was a no-brainer for him. He said he would swap every one of those near misses for a few seasons of mediocrity and the unbelievable high of ending one year with a medal dangling round your neck. To be fair to Chris Henry, he said that the result was fair, that he said, but for all of their playoffs, for all their European knock- knockout rugby games, they still hadn't managed to match Connett's side sole success in recent years. And I think he's quite disappointed maybe that Ulster haven't quite reached those levels either. And that just shows the pressure they're under. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until.